You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. This movie review also comes for subscribers at Time Lord level or above an uncut, unedited, longer video version of the review. Become a subscriber and check it out. Netflix's new movie, Oxygen, takes us into the horrifying truth of a person trapped in their own decisions and given a horrible, horrible truth in 90 minutes. Can you make a movie good enough to make us forget that Horns was bad? (laughs) Was that a previous film by anyone? Part of the story? Yeah, that was. Yes. Oh. That was the previous movie by Alejandre Aja, a French extremist filmmaker who is now responsible for Oxygen. But before we get into all of that, I am Davey, and with me in this little tube of nothingness is Bradley. Hello! Hello, 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 and we have Mindy. Don't mind me, I'm just in my French coffin, or cocoon, both really. (laughs) Is it... The same. <laughs> I wake up every morning in the in the coffin. Mm. Is that not the experience of life? Mm. I cannot do a French accent. It just <laughs> devolves into something else. And with us rounding out the quadrio is TC. Yeah, so good to be here with you. Mm. Sorry, I will put the English <laughs> dub in. <clears throat> hey, good to be here, guys. How you doing? Yeah, so in case you can't tell, this movie's French, <laughs> and we've been trying to do accents for about ten minutes. Trying? I am succeeding! This... How dare you! <laughs> All you need is the attitude. Sure. <laughs> Très bien, et tu? Like, eh. So, <laughs> so, yeah, so Oxygen, now available on Netflix, stars Melanie Laurent, Laurent, sorry, as a woman who wakes up in this tube, basically. She wakes up in a scientifically advanced coffin with an Side artificial note, intelligence. That was originally going to be Anne Hathaway. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't know how I don't know if that would have been better or worse. <laughs> I'm gonna think about that. And she is only able to talk to an artificial intelligence named Milo, Milo. played by Matthew Amorek. Milo. Yeah, Milo. French. And over the course of the next 90 minutes as the oxygen in her tube is slowly starting to run out and we get the ominous warnings constantly of hey, you got you got 34% oxygen. Oh, you just had a panic attack? You have 31% <laughs> oxygen now. Calm because down. that takes up a lot of oxygen. 
yeah, you need to stop this. I don't think it says you and need so to stop. so over the next 90 minutes. I think it was just efficiently cruel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she didn't follow one of the first rules. If, uh, if she didn't follow the first rule of Douglas Adams, well, bring the towels first rule, but second rule is don't panic. Don't mm-hmm. panic. Exactly. So over 90 minutes, our heroine slowly gets in, is able to get in contact with somebody, and she is trying to figure out who she is, why she's here. She doesn't have any memories, and eventually comes to the truth about her place here and why she's in this cryogenic pod in the first place. So what did we all think of Alejandre Aja's Oxygen? It was in, it was nice in that they were able to do an engaging story in quarantine because it was very. What clean. accent is this? What accent? Is, I'm changing the dub, guys. Hold on a second. I'm just going to go to okay options audio and Mindy, and we're going to go to English. Here we go. Click. This was dubbed in a lot of languages, though. If oh you yeah. Actually yeah, look, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was nice in that this is very clearly a film that was done during quarantine, and yet. You know, you are still able to get an engaging character and an engaging storyline when the majority of the film is just woman in box talking to ceiling. <laughs> and that that's all of it. You go through these this this heightened sense of urgency. You get this slow reveal of what actually is happening. Uh, you get this. Um, there were some parts where I was like, wait, is this French? Oh yeah, it's French. It's not as French as it could have been, but it's still a little French. Um, <laughs> in regards to the shots, like her waking up and taking off the cocoon that she's in and all that. It was like, I even went, is this a French film? And I looked at the subtitles and I'm like, yeah, this is a French film. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I was very impressed with how much they were able to do with so little that they had to work with. Yeah, this is a showcase of Melanie Lorenz's talents, and it's impressive to shoot in that confined of a space and never be visually boring, mm-hmm. right? If you look at something like Buried with Ryan yeah. Reynolds, um, uh, what was the Robert Redford one where he was on the boat? Um, All is Lost. All is Lost. There's some compare and contrast between those two single locations, single person movies, being able to reach out, communicate, having the flashbacks. There's something impressive about being confined in that space and keeping it visually interesting. Mm -hmm. The score, keeping the emotions going while Melanie Laurent just does her thing. I Mm -hmm. think she proves herself time and time again as this very impressively capable actress. Yeah, I'd say yeah. around the 20-minute mark, my brain and the gears in there and the hamster on a wheel, maybe, <laughs> un hamster, hamster is actually hamster in French, started running, and I'm like, okay, so this is exactly where this is going. Yeah. But because of her performance, a big part of that hamster was like, I certainly hope it doesn't go there. That would be <laughs> horrifying. I'm like, yeah, I really don't want this woman in a box to meet any kind of harm or even, like, psychoschematic trauma so i'm still on the edge of my seat even though being a big fan of sci-fi and of uh, bottle movies i'll mm-hmm. just say kind of saw the uh, machinations behind the uh, coffin makers 
if you will. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong that there are yeah. moments of predictability throughout this that aren't negatives. No. Uh, I indulge in sci-fi a lot. I love science fiction, especially when it's the more exploratory, what is humanity, what is our place in ourselves and in the world, as opposed to lasers and aliens and explosions. Right. So there are some predictable moments throughout this, but not to the detriment of the film, because she is just giving it right there on screen. So it's hard to... Yeah. And she's giving it to somebody for the most part. Granted, there are t essentially telephone calls with other people, but to the most part with an artificial intelligence who doesn't give emotion back. So mm. it's like you have to create an emotional response to something that is talking like a computer. Completely neutral. Exactly. It's not an evil robot. It's not a. It's not an altruistic robot. It is a completely neutral entity, which is an interesting thing to play off of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's in that way, it's very similar to Moon with uh, Sam Rockwell. This movie's basically Moon and Buried um, put together, which can be a positive and a negative, because I love both of those movies, especially Moon. So yeah, you can see basically everything of where this is going, kind of down to the T. But it is because Alejandro Aja is so good at making you feel uncomfortable. I mean, this is the man who made high tension for fuck's sake. <laughs> yes. He is really good at making you an unhappy person. Um, You're going to And squirm. while this never really... Yeah, and while this never really gets to that level unless you're supremely claustrophobic, <clears throat> it's still good at keeping that tension and those emotions running pretty strong that it kind of turned off the little goblin in my head being like, you've seen this movie before. You know what's going to happen. <laughs> this, this, and this. And I go, yeah, you're right, but shut up because it's well-directed, it's well-acted, and I'm interested. And it's every now and again, like, just funny enough. It has, that, it has that perfect little dash of screen presence that is similar to what Ryan Reynolds gave to Buried and what Sam Rockwell gave to Moon. Um... I wouldn't compare it to All is Lost just because that is the beauty of that movie is much more in like the workmanlike nature of yes. that character yes, yes. and it not having a lot of dialogue. This is there's a lot of talking for a movie about someone who needs to conserve oxygen. Right. And I don't mean that as a negative, <laughs> obviously. I like I like good dialogue and the good dialogue is here, so... <laughs> yeah, this, if if it's... I didn't mean to compare it to All's Lost, just uh, just giving it a bottle, like, making it a bottle film, a personal yeah. loan. What this is really comparable to is Gravity. But whereas Gravity is about Ooh, yes. the spectacle of the IMAX experience of seeing Sandra Bullock tumbling through debris and space, and, and I'm not knocking Gravity because that was definitely a cinematic experience, but when you strip it down to its human parts, you get something like this, which is a woman yeah. on the verge of death, surviving and coping and accepting what she can't and trying to change what she can. And that yeah, that is, as I said, one of my favorite things about science fiction is exploring humanity in its core. Yeah, and when they actually expanded the world outside of the her little pod, it actually wasn't as good. You know, you got a bit of the cinematic aspect of it, but it's actually far mm -hmm. more interesting inside her little box. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the only things I would say that were like a deterrent in regards to the the cliché nature of it 
they did a lot of countdowns that ended in one, you know, <laughs> a lot of them. And it's just like, oh, come on. You, you're going to end it on one again. <laughs> there was, on like there was one of those something. countdowns that definitely worked for the tension and the come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. It's like near the end where she's she's looking for an item and it's like, it's right there. Come on. <laughs> But yeah, lots of it is like one second and I'm like, you do that like three times in a row. It's like, uh-huh, okay. <laughs> Stop it. This isn't Galaxy Quest. Come on. <laughs> oh, I love Galaxy Quest. <laughs> Another Sam Rockwell callback, if nice. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I mean, in case you can't tell, the best way to talk about this movie is by bringing up a lot of similarly great movies. I wasn't expecting us to go to Galaxy Quest, but I'm not complaining because <laughs> I love that movie, as everybody does. But you'll know you know from the premise if this is the kind of thing that interests you. Mm-hmm. I really love these like bottle thrillers, um, and so as soon as I saw this, I ignored the fact that it was directed by <laughs> Alejandro Aja, a filmmaker I do not like, um, to sit down and watch this and i think of the films that i've seen from him as a director this is his best work it is by far his most subdued and measured which is not hard because this guy made piranha 3d (laughs) but i think i think it is really interesting because i was comparing it also to a movie that he produced the elijah wood led remake of maniac which is a movie i fucking adore i think that movie's a masterpiece um and so between that and this as a directorial effort and also crawl which he made two years ago starting to see kind of one of the golden boys of the french extremist wave grow as a filmmaker and start to see where he needs to go and how to continue to offer these somewhat sensationalist experiences to audiences, but in a more mature and thoughtful way, the meta text of this movie with that is really, really awesome and really exciting. And as much as I did enjoy this movie, I enjoyed it much more for the little thing in the back of my head going, yeah, this guy's on the right track, or at least in a track that I personally enjoy, which is all that matters because I'm the only person whose opinion matters, <laughs> as we all know. Am I just I finding out that Kroll was remade? Did, huh? did Did you say a Kroll remake from two thousand or two years ago? No, Crawl with the alligators. Oh, thank you. I was about. <laughs> it to was be his like, French accent. I understand. <laughs> that ridiculous yeah, glaive was like everything. i have to yeah. brad's like i have to go i have to find this movie <laughs> I, um... I like where you're, what you're saying davy about him improving as a filmmaker because i've seen horns and i didn't realize that was the same director yeah and it's based seen on a Maniac. joe hill book right what's that horns yeah okay yes I know yeah. What you're it about is yeah. there is something to be said about proving a filmmaker's metal by giving them the least amount of resources I think a lot of, of yeah. filmmakers lose themselves when they have endless amount of resources. What See made George Lucas. 
Yeah, well, not George Lucas per se, but you know, if you're going more contemporary, looking at a lot of those plucked from obscurities, obscurity independent filmmakers like Josh Trank's a good example of someone who went from Chronicle with limited resources, given the Fantastic Four, uh, Colin Trevorrow, Blomkamp with Elysium. Safety Not Guaranteed, and working with the Duplass brothers, and then giving him uh, Jurassic World and watching what happened out of that. Taking someone, pulling them back to limited resources, filming this during COVID and letting them prove their ability that way, you get something like this. Like Oxygen shows the craftsmanship of this team, of him in the helm, of uh, Melanie Laurent, Laurent in the lead role, and it allows them to shine with the best of their abilities. So that's a that's a keen observation, especially because I didn't know this was the guy who did horns, which I did not like. I'm just curious, <laughs> how did you think covid affected this film because it's very clear that like covid is a part of the film oh even the narrative of this film talks about a disease ravaging humanity that that, there's masked scenes that aren't feeling like oh they had to mask up because they filmed it during covid it feels like a cautionary tale in some respects where it's like we have a great disease that's going to ravage this planet, and these are the results of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But in the movies, they always talk about how they didn't see it coming and how, oh, what a surprise and a shock to the system of the economy and the the average person. There was no way to stop it mm-hmm. rather than – and then the world leaders went, meh, <laughs> and now we're in this position. Right. Yeah. It's Not to get political that... or anything. <laughs> I like the more – well, it's interesting because the government – there's a small narrative in here that, that that's outside the pod about the government almost being against what the scientists are doing. Boy, what a yeah. commentary there. Mm-hmm. And and the yeah. the preventative measures that need to be taken place – that need to be take hmm. – that, that need to take place in order to have humanity survive, similar to something like Sunshine, which was about – this is a one-way trip. We're trying to reignite the sun to save the damn planet. <laughs> yeah, so I... There's not a ton to discuss here, just There's because so it is such spoilers. a limited piece. Yeah. Yeah, and there are a lot of spoilers to dance around, and if you've seen the movies we're referencing, we've probably spoiled some of them. And by that, I mean I've definitely spoiled some of them, and I'm sorry. <laughs> um... Gal- it, Galaxy Quest was the one. You just got to look real hard into that comparison. Right right um, but TC, do you want to just keep on talking and head over into those final thoughts? Yeah, sure. This is a showcase of Melanie Laurent's talents. She is captivating, and her performance is heartbreaking in a lot of ways, in w- wonderful ways. There are moments that will feel predictable or familiar, but that's not to the detriment of the overall film. You might even be able to predict where these things are all going to go, but it's fine because watching it take place is still entertaining and engaging. This is a beautiful performance. It doesn't rely on the spectacle like this, like I had mentioned Gravity does. This film is never visually boring, which is an achievement when you're stuck in a coffin for 100 minutes, more or less, and the score is sweeping, but this film is claustrophobic and it's anxiety inducing and any moment of frustration at say the pace or Liz's choices are realistic frustrations. And the spare moments where my thoughts might've drifted were not out of boredom, but rather 
out of, well, what would I do in this situation? This movie's making me think. And some of the things that she handles on a personal level, uh, I've related to. There were some moments that hit a little close to home for me, which made this maybe a trip we've taken before all that better because I could could relate and project myself into the scenario in some ways. At the end of the day, this may not hold the attention of people looking for the more classic Hollywood like passengers, right? Or the kinetic blockbuster of gravity. This is more like Arrival. This is more like the Redford movie that I keep forgetting the name of. <laughs> all is lost. All is lost, thank you. Where it's thoughtful in a lot of ways, if not still tense and exciting and a little bit of body horror imagery that I that's not goes doesn't go into like the horror territory but still like stop jamming your IV in places uh. <laughs> yeah uh, the little needles. fucking like the, fighting the, the movable the arm syringe. thing it's like it's like I will stab you with it the sedative so like, oh my god I hate it I hate oh, yeah. the I hate this I mean, it's good but I hate it I just this, pointed out that scar tissue that's gonna be hard to get through anyway continue this is my favorite kind of science fiction and i'm gonna give this eight out of ten movies that i want to see melanie laurent in very nice mindy i totally agree that this is absolutely laurent driven she does an incredibly good job with creating tension creating character creating build and and you know suspense and all that all those things confined in a little box and that is really an achievement and honestly any of the stuff that, that goes outside of that little box isn't as interesting as the stuff that is going on inside of it and that was yeah. was one of the detriments of it because there were things that they alluded to things about her past things about the situation of the world that they mention that are really question mark inducing as to what what's going on here but they never really go back to like the experiments in the lab for example they hint that something is going on there with her in connection to it but they never go into a lot of detail and it's like well why bring it up out because it's out there and it's not as interesting as what's going on in here so why bother bringing it up to begin with but those are minor minor quarrels because you know, like I said, the interesting stuff is going on inside. There are some uh, filmmaking shots that are like, okay, you're being a little too artistic. Like there was one where it just circled round and round and round and round. And I'm like, okay, I'm getting dizzy. Stop doing that. Another one it went like up and then just up. And I'm like, okay, stop it. Stop it right now. You're French. I get it. Stop being artistic. Just let me let her shine and not the camera angles. Um, yeah. But again, these are minor parts. If you want a solid bottleneck movie, this is a really good one to go with. I don't have any other of uh, Aja's movies to compare this to, so I don't have a negative connotation with this dude. So this being my first, I thought it was pretty damn good. So I'm going to give it a 8.5 out of 10 Franks, you have to pay for violating this pod. It's a federal offense, you know. <laughs> but first, I'm going to have to get out of my cocoon. i got to get out. Ah, ah. Ah, so much better. <laughs> for, 
for audio listeners, Mindy just escaped from her cocoon and be a subscriber so you can see it in action. <laughs> she is fabulous. Beautiful. Bradley? Well, I'm not claustrophobic, so this was cool. I've seen Buried. I've seen a lot of other films <laughs> that I'm not going to spoil. Uh, the Vanishing. Um, yeah, I enjoyed this a lot. The performance was amazing. And this type of deep dive into the human soul and the mind, picturing myself in that coffin, I'd be like, Milo, does this thing get any games? <laughs> <laughs> and it would probably be like, Bradley, I have Pac-Man to play. I'd be like, Mrs. Pac-Man? No, just Pac-Man. Shut down life support, Milo, I'm ready. <laughs> but I thoroughly enjoyed this. Uh, thought it was a little long for as bodily as it was. Bodily. It's not Cronenbergian. Uh, well, hmm. That's another discussion, I guess. But I enjoyed it. The ending was probably the weakest point for me. But like I said, 20 minutes in, I'm like, I see you, film. <laughs> Her performance is incredible. As someone great once told me, whose name I can't remember, <laughs> if you really want to see what an actor can do, have them be alone for a little bit. And if the audience is like, come on, then, well, maybe acting's not your thing. She had me, like, enchanted with her tiny bit of movement, her panic. Nothing was over the top until it was, which it seemed completely earned. And the dub as well, I want to say. I watched this mostly in French, but I caught some of it in English as well. That voice acting, also great. So if you don't want to read subtitles, the dub of this between Milo and our main character is actually very well done also. I'm going to give this seven Cronenbergian blobs in ten Petri dishes. <laughs> yeah, the, the best compliment slash insult that I can really give to this movie is if you've seen... Buried, Moon, All is Lost. Watch this if you like those. And if you haven't seen this, you should watch those first and then probably watch this. Because it's not as good as those, I don't think. But those are all really good movies. And this and they are fantastic movies to be put in the same in the same conversation as. I think this I think Oxygen does everything it sets out to do pretty well it's tense the acting is great and the ending is a bunch of nonsense <laughs> just like most of the other movies that i've mentioned <laughs> and that's okay it's it is tense and serious and it gets pulpy by the end but i like a little bit of pulp in my sci-fi not my orange juice but i like it in my sci-fi from time to time and there's nothing wrong with that this is <laughs> this is a ton of fun I like this movie quite a bit. Um, didn't didn't blow me away. Didn't change my life, but it was just a, a grand old time. It was it was tense. It was fun, and I don't know. Matthew Almerich is officially the new um, spokesperson for the creepy emotionless robots <laughs> in bottle films because the last one we got was voiced by Kevin Spacey, and that sucks. Yeesh. 
It's yeah. creepy for all the wrong reasons <laughs> in retrospect. Exactly. So yeah, I'm going to give this seven and a half out of ten uh, French dudes who I'm now more cool with. <laughs> Indeed. I might keep life support on if it had centipede. 